Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock my name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Governor Eric Holcomb ordering some testing of toxic crap coming to Indiana from East Palestine, Ohio. The train derailment site a couple of weeks ago. The funny part about that is that they've already started putting it in the ground. Right. So, yeah, we want it tested. A lot of talk about dioxins. Boy, I was reading up on those dioxins, man. That's that's like the worst of the worst. That crap, I mean, you know, cancer producer, uh, just multi-generational genetic and hormonal toxin impacts fertility. Just the worst of the worst. I don't blame the people uh, in and around that area in Rochdale. They don't want some of this crap coming in their way. And I heard Rob Kendall talking about this earlier, and this makes total sense. It's okay to have questions about what's going on. Now, we're not in any way saying that the folks that are in charge of you know, putting this crap in their landfill are doing a bad job or are doing something wrong or not capable of doing it. I've got every bit of faith in the world and the people who are supposed to do this, but it also doesn't make you a bad person yeah. for saying, why? Why does it have to come to Indiana? What makes us so special? And the stuff that we're getting, has it been tested? all the way around the board. Uh, there's a petition going around from uh, Liberty Defense. I think uh, Rob and, and Casey have been talking about their uh, Facebook website and exactly what's going on. But, I mean, it's already, it's basically a moot point. I mean, like, they're calling for, these Liberty Defense people um, are, are calling for Governor, Governor Holcomb to issue an executive order to completely stop this stuff from being dumped in our state. Governor Holcomb did put out a statement, quote, effective immediately. I have directed our administration to contract with a national recognized laboratory to begin rigorous third party testing for dangerous levels of dioxins on the material being transported to the Rochdale facility from the East Palestine train spill. Now, again, the Rochdale Rochdale landfill operated by Heritage cannot accept waste with dioxins. So let's just say that Governor Holcomb's third party group comes in here, Nige, and they go to Rochdale and they say, all right, Heritage has done everything right, but we're still getting a little bit of dioxins. We're testing a little bit of dioxins here. You do not want that stuff, man. So what happens then? Are we having legal stuff, or what goes on? This is according to the petition of the the Liberty Defense people about dioxin. uh, according to the EPA standards, dioxin is one million times more toxic than arsenic. <laughs> one aspirin tablet divided for 32 million adults is lifetime toxic. I mean, they're breaking it down here, really. I mean, it significantly imp- impacts fertility. Again, according to this petition that's going around from Liberty Defense, which does not want this stuff. Vic Ferrari on the YouTube chat says, dioxin sounds like my ex. So, <laughs> thank you guys for chiming okay, in maybe with it's that. Not that bad (laughs) it's not as bad as vic (laughs) ferrari's ex but it's still pretty bad and it's okay to have questions about the testing have they done everything they can possibly do and oh by the way at least three rounds of this stuff has already made its way to indiana so even if panties get so twisted to where they stop shipping more 
which I doubt's going to happen, there's already been at least three rounds making their way to Putnam County. And again, this is not knocking the folks at Heritage who do this for a living. Hat tip to you. I'm sure you're the best at what you do and take pride in what you do. But I'm down for more testing as well. I want to see if all of this stuff is as they say it is, and it's safe for people in Putnam County. Uh, Tony Katz has been live at CPAC all week. And I got to tell you, man, like I've been watching a lot of the coverage on television, and I've listened to Tony, and he's talked about this. It's a weird vibe at the conservative political action well, conference. Yeah, yeah, I heard him earlier today just talking about how it was much more subdued than previous years. Attendance seems uh, like it's down. Attendance is down. He said maybe the price point is a little bit much. Um, I mean, still, still an important. I mean, CPAC is basically um, just you know a bunch of conservatives get together. Donald Trump is the main speaker tomorrow, I believe. Right. Um, and and I agree with Tony. I heard him talking about like you know they should just walk. You know, DeSantis should just walk the room, like uh, like Cuba Gooding Jr. and Jerry Maguire, <laughs> Tom Cruise, <laughs> right? You know, Rod Tidwell just just walk the room and just go in and go out, and that would cause that would cause some havoc. But I, since I'm he's sure. not a keynote speaker. And well, yeah, wasn't but really still, but none of those, I mean, scheduled I, to speak. Would that be beneath him? Like you're Ron DeSantis at this point, you've got the leverage. You are in no hurry to jump into any of these things because technically he's not made it official. And just based on the attendance or lack thereof that I see at CPAC, it sounds like this is a very Trump heavy conference. Like the folks that put it on, the major sponsors, the donors, they're big Trump people. So aside from Nikki Haley and a few others, folks that were thinking about running or other big name conservatives were like, why would I want to go there when they're catering to my opponent? That doesn't sound like something I want to be a part of. So that's why I don't think you're seeing some of the big names at CPAC this year. Now, Nikki Haley, she decided to go. She spoke earlier today and she gave a speech to a half-empty auditorium. <laughs> In case you didn't notice, the liberal media's heads are exploding about my run for president. And we all know why. The media can't stand the fact that I'm a conservative. Think about it. I'm a woman, I'm a minority, and I'm the daughter of immigrants. I am proof that liberals are wrong about everything they say about America. And if you're Nikki Haley, like, you've got yeah. nothing to lose here, right? Yeah, but you're playing identity politics a little bit there. Yeah, vote for me. I'm a woman. I'm an immigrant. Isn't that the thing that we kind of play against? Right. As a conservative and a Republican. And she's all in on, you know, protecting Ukraine's borders, Ukraine youth this, or Ukraine that. I remember, man, I remember back in 2020 after the George Floyd, the death of George Floyd, and then the, the riots that were afterwards, our cities were burning. And, and, and she basically said, yeah, look, in order for the healing to occur, what happens next must be personal and painful for everyone. Like... Like serious racial guilt. I I, I just don't see her as, as being a successful candidate. But reach for comment, every business owner in a major yeah. city said, quote, my ass. <laughs> my ass. Um, Allison is here. Hit me with a little legal oh, stuff. Yeah. Crime. Punishment. Judges. Legal stuff. So the murder trial of Alex Murdahl wrapped up yesterday. The jury had reached their 
verdict, and they went to the courtroom yesterday. It only took them 45 minutes, Nige. Now, this was a long trial. It was pretty quick. But only 45 minutes for them to say, yeah, this guy, yeah. guilty, 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 two counts of murder, his wife and his son. Now, I haven't followed this story as closely as others have. My wife is all into it. Yeah, my wife watched the Netflix docuseries on it. These people are crazy. This is a bizarre story. It's old money, South Carolina family, you know, fifth generation lawyers making millions and millions of dollars chasing ambulances, and heavy into drugs and opioids. Um, and he is guilty of killing his son and his wife in this dog kennel. And that was really that video that came out of him being in the dog kennel with his family five minutes before it all happened. It was really what did it for the jurors is what I'm reading. And the sentencing was this morning. And of course, he'll be spending the rest of his life in jail. Two life sentences for the killings. There was also some weapons charges added. And a lot of people are weighing in with their opinions on what's happened here, including O.J. Simpson. Hey, Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. Well, a whole lot of people are asking me what I think about this uh, Alex Murdoch trial. Are they? I don't know why they think I'm an expert on it, but uh, I got to admit, when he took the stand, a guy who's an habitual liar, I did watch. The one thing that the jury must have seen is that the guy's a liar, and once the guy's a liar, you can't believe anything he says. In any event, it's done. It's over now. <laughs> Down goes Murdoch. I'm just saying. OJ with his thoughts <laughs> on Alex Murdoch and his murder trial. Well, he is right. I mean, he, when the guy took the stand, he they sh he shredded his alibi, admitting that he, yeah, oh yeah, I was with the, with the victims before they were shot to death. When previously had said, no, nah, it had nothing to do with it. Wasn't and if it? anybody's going to identify a liar, it's going to be OJ Simpson, right? <laughs> and I love the fact yeah. that he's acting like he doesn't know why people are reaching out to him for his thoughts on a high-profile murder trial. Now, he put this video out on social media, on his Twitter account, and people responded. And here to read some of those responses, <laughs> the very mild-mannered, the very sweet producer, Allison. Oh, no. Hooray! So we go, go, just go in for the first one? Go in. All right. Read the name. First one is uh, from Seber4ORD1. I hear prisons have great law libraries. Sounds like the perfect place for a murderer to study. Okay, okay. Uh, at Yopper Guy, killer analysis juice. Nobody <laughs> cuts through the bull crap like you do. You're as sharp as a knife. Next. Uh, at Race Jack 23, I'm surprised you didn't kill those people. Good lord. <laughs> right in on that one. Uh, at Keenstot. Uh, 83, I wanted to hear Ron Goldman's opinion on this trial, but uh, couldn't. Why is that, Juice? And uh, lastly, at Adam Cops, uh, watching OJ analyze, analyze a murder trial is kind of like watching Jeff Saturday as head coach. Sure, he's oh. qualified and has unmatched experience in the field, but is he really the best person for this job? Oh, Probably not. Man. <laughs> Real was, responses was brutal. to OJ Simpson <laughs> discussing the Murdoch trial. It's time to go beast. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC.
Did you bring your vape with you, bud? Oh, yeah, it's right here. <laughs> you always keep it in your pocket. Oh, wait, wait. It is in my oh, pocket. Oh, you forgot it. <laughs> is that like... your vape in your pocket? Are you happy to see Nigel? I now present the vape <laughs> to everybody. There it is on camera. We do have a story uh, later about an Australian teenage mom that uh, is getting some heat after posting a video of her 10-month-old baby vaping. Well, that's would not rec- a good idea. I would recommend that. <laughs> is, is the baby already hooked on cigarettes? I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know you were the father. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. We got a vaping story from Indiana to get to oh. here in just a moment. But before we do that, again, joking aside, it sucks outside. Like, not that it's Ugh. cold. It's just rained all day, and some areas are flooded. And we were talking about the pothole issue off air. Yeah, we were talking about the pothole. I mean, I was coming down 31 on the south side today, northbound and southbound. And n- not only do we have the flooding right now, but we have the potholes, and the flooding will overtake the potholes so you can't see them anymore. So it was like Mr. Toad's wild ride for me trying to get down 31 <laughs> towards Hannah and then coming back it was even worse so it, it's it's one of those days where you think of intersections like Washington and College Avenue where it just dips I mean it feels like you're dropping four stories underneath right. that bridge that's where the flooding is going to be and if you draw a cra- if you drive a crappy little car like mine there's a good chance you'll stall and you won't be able to start oh, yeah. your car so you want to turn around don't drown and the potholes they're big anyway because you know look who runs the city but now right. when you have a day like today you're driving you might not see it or recognize it because it's filled up with water and you think it's smooth sailing next thing you know ba-boom yeah and and these potholes have a delayed fuse too sometimes it may take a week for them to actually for the shred in your tire to actually be visible so that's something to keep in mind just keep getting it checked out that's the best idea Uh, the worst place for me is like after you get off 65 south and you uh turn uh turn on meridian yes turn south on meridian that intersection right there is awful at 10th yeah it's 10th yeah 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 at 10th man it's, it is brutal i, I mean fella, <laughs> I, and it's been that way for months upon months correct me if i'm wrong and, and i'm not trying to beg on my city here or anything but these roads are awful i mean <laughs> these streets absolutely <laughs> suck right now and that's all this, and i see all these you know good news announcements about strip patching and all the improvements we're going to be making to the streets here over the next course of the month i'm like that's not even going to make a dent right now <laughs> and like this isn't like somebody at your house complaining. This is the guy who follows traffic and roads for a living. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, I was up in Nora. Nora is, I mean, it's unicorns. Okay, it's a unicorn forest. Everybody's happy up there. You sure. know, you have good incomes. I like the people in Nora. And Westfield Boulevard, the pristine street in Indianapolis, is torn to hell right now. Uh, and, and that's just the repeat of all, I mean, if you're in a well-traveled street, like Penn coming from, say, New York into Washington, kiss your gar, kiss your gar goodbye. I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it's going to combust on you, I really think. Matt Baird, joining us in studio. Matt, I want to get your thoughts on this story. Dateline, Vermilion County, Indiana. A man who was addicted to vaping coughed up three pints of blood. He was hospitalized after smoking the equivalent of one and a half jewel pods per day. Per day for a year. Is that is that a lot? One and a half jewel pods? I don't know what that means. I mean, you... It's like a two, three pack of cigarette day habit. Oh. You know, I mean, this is some serious smoking. There, there, there are smokers and there's master's class in smoking, and that's what this is here. Three pints of blood to cough that up. Now, think about when you go to a bar and you get a pint and you're drinking a pint. Oh, yeah. Now, 
Imagine three of those filled with your blood that you just coughed up. And it's an IPA. Even more. <laughs> um, listen, the, the vaping community is taking a really hard hit over this one right now, and we might have to march. The um, vaping community. I love you like the <laughs> spokesman for the vaping community. We're being disenfranchised right now. Do you have a thread on Reddit? Yes, I, yes, are, I you, are, are you the forum organizer? I'm on 4chan right now, and you can find me there. Um, it's... It, Vaping is like anything else, and, and doctors will tell you differently. What do they know? But vaping is an alternative to smoking cigarettes, and it's so much better. It just is. And if you're smoking one and a half joules a day, I can't help you. I can't help you <laughs> if you're that addicted to nicotine. I mean, there, there's something going on there. And yeah, whether you're smoking that many cigarettes or you're smoking or, or vaping that much joule, yeah. you're going to have health issues. We got about one minute left, and I'm going to have you choose your own adventure. Oh, please. Do you want to talk about KFC bringing back the double down sandwich or Chris Rock's live Netflix special at 10 o'clock tomorrow night? Oh, man. Um, I love Chris Rock, but let's talk about the double down. You know? <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm okay. Hungry. So after you've you know coughed up three pints of blood, this is the perfect <laughs> sandwich for you. It replaces the bread with two fried chicken fillets, and each one of them hold cheese and bacon in between. It sounds delicious. I mean, and uh, carb conscious. Yeah, and carb conscious. Yeah, this is a this is a healthy <laughs> snack. It's not even a meal. It's a snack. Imagine walking around with one of these things and judging somebody. I'm eating healthy today. <laughs> right. Look, I have I have a little non-fat cheese on my double down. <laughs> Some of us care about our bodies just a little bit more than others. So this coming back to KFC is this greater than, less than, or equal to the McRib and the Shamrock Shakes coming to McDonald's? Well, the McRib and Sam- Shamrock Shakes. Are, are epic. I mean, they're legendary in, in food-eating items. You can have them at Thanksgiving. They're so good. Um, but this this is one. It's it's up there as far as deliciousness. Uh, but unlike the, the McRib kind of looks good. It looks tasty. I, I know it's flat and it's covered in What was the last time you sauce. had a McRib, man? Oh, man, it's, about, it's been about half a decade, I think. Um, but with the double down, you know, it doesn't look good, but it is so delicious. So I got to say, it's close, but not quite there. Matt Bayer in the WIBC Traffic Center. We'll talk to you here in a little bit. See you, buddy. Love it's you, the Hammer and Nigel. Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. When St. Jude opened in 1962, childhood cancer was considered incurable. Since then, St. Jude has helped push the overall survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. Join me today in supporting St. Jude by calling 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 to become a partner in hope. Your gift to St. Jude could last a lifetime. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show on 93WIBC. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. We'll go to the drivehubler.com highline and bring on our special Friday guest. Every Friday, Tommy Pickett, RNC Rapid Response Director, joining us. So, Tommy, let's start with our president a few days ago. This is egregious, sort of bizarre, strange behavior. We have a few days ago, this mom is testifying in front of a committee. She lost her two sons to fentanyl poisoning. Uh, Georgia Rep. MTG suggested Biden was responsible. And then yesterday, or the day, you know, Biden basically laughed about it. Oh, that was under Trump. <laughs> that was under Trump. How, how just tone deaf can one person possibly be? 
I mean, it was really outrageous behavior. I think tone deaf is even uh, is like a, it's a polite way of putting it, to be frank, because it was it was really outrageous, and especially from a president who has seen such an uptick in fentanyl smuggling on his watch. This shouldn't be a partisan issue. This should be an American issue, where we're seeing cartels that are smuggling with fentanyl over the border into this country at record rates. Biden's own DEA says it's happening at record rates. And so instead of trying to point the finger and act like this isn't a problem, Biden should be working to solve this problem. But the only mention of fentanyl in that speech that you mentioned that he gave was to laugh about it. I mean, that, that That is how uh, out of touch, tone deaf, whatever the, the word is, it seems like this president is more determined to point fingers than actually solve problems. And again, this mother who lost children to fentanyl, I got the impression, Tommy, she does not care whose administration this happened under. She just wants the problem yeah, to stop at the border important. so no other parent has to go through the grieving process that she's going through. And what does she see on the other side? The president of the United States laughing at her. And she puts out a statement, and it's a long statement, but at one point she says, what is wrong with you? Tommy, that's such a strong, simple line, but I couldn't have said it better myself. What is wrong with Joe Biden? It's it's exactly right. It's the exact right question in terms of looking at this issue. And you're exactly right to point out is who's president doesn't matter, except for the fact that it's Biden who has the power right now to do something about it. It's not about whether it happened under Trump, happened under Biden. It's what can we do to stop this problem? What policies are making this problem worse? And what policies can we put in place to solve it? And this is why something like securing the border or making sure that gangs can't operate freely in this country to sell this dangerous, these dangerous drugs, that, that should be bipartisan. That should be an American issue. But Joe Biden, again, is more determined to point fingers than actually accepting responsibility for this problem. And a problem that's only getting worse, the problem is getting worse by the day. And that's not trying to be partisan here. That's just a fact. And we need to come together and do something about it. And she and the mom who lost her two sons made a great point. She said... Her sons didn't overdose. They were poisoned. They thought they were taking Percocet, and it was laced with fentanyl. So this isn't an, a, 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 some sort of you know a couple of junkies here, meth addicts that thought they were you know getting a cheap high. They were poisoned with fentanyl, and it is just free flowing through the border. One hundred and seven thousand people dying of a drug overdose in a twelve month period, ending August twenty two. Two thirds of those deaths involved fentanyl. It's the number one killer right now of young Americans are overdoses or, as you more accurately put it, poisonings. It underscores how evil these cartels are. We're also talking about cartels that, according to the DEA, tried to make what was called rainbow fentanyl, that's what it's called by officials, to look more like candy. And it was being smuggled over the border in candy boxes to try to get it into the hands of younger and younger Americans. These are evil, despicable people we're dealing with here that right now are being enriched by this border crisis, are taking advantage of the border crisis to smuggle over drugs. And it's not us at the RNC saying that. It's border officials saying that. You have the the CBP agent that Biden appointed to lead CBP, uh, excuse me, Border Patrol, not CBP, who's talking about cartels dictating where illegal immigrants cross over the border. So while Border Patrol is occupied in one uh, segment of the border, they can smuggle drugs over in another segment 
of the border. The Border Patrol has lost operational control of the border right now because of Biden's policies, and it needs to stop because so many Americans are falling victim to this mass poisoning uh, of our communities. Tommy Piggott is our guest. He's the RNC Rapid Response Director. Tommy, here in Indianapolis, Indiana is a red state, but Indianapolis is a very blue city, very dark blue city. And the mayor, who, let's be honest, is responsible, his time has the three highest homicide rates in the history of the city. He's up for re-election this year. This is the same mayor that went missing for two nights of riots, and very few people in the city want to call him out for it, but he's up for election this year. Should people in Indiana Indianapolis be encouraged at what they saw from Chicago, where even though it's a very dark blue city, they looked at their incompetent mayor and said, enough is enough. I think ultimately, Americans just want, you know, the old saying of make sure the trash gets picked up and make sure they can walk down the street safely. And that's what people want, especially in these large cities where we're talking about these massive infrastructure, this massive logistics, these massive organizations, these massive municipalities. You can't have someone that's incompetent running them. That's just, you know, not doesn't even matter what party you are, you can't be incompetent. And if you're incompetent running these these massive police departments, these massive logistical operations, these massive municipalities, it's going to lead to disaster. And I think Americans are waking up to that in cities around the country that have been run by Democrats for decades. Even in New York, you have a Democrat mayor there still, but he was running on being harder on crime than Bill de Blasio. You have what happened in Chicago. You happened in Seattle, uh, where you have the, you had the first Republican that was elected as a prosecutor in Seattle uh, in decades. You had Long Island, where that safety message of crime really resonated across Long Island, and Long Island's represented by more Republicans than ever before. So I think in these cities, there is this recognition that we need to enforce the law, and we can't have people in positions of power that refuse to enforce the law, refuse to actually run their cities competently. And so I think there is that hope of saying, if this can happen in New York, if it can happen in Chicago, if it can happen in Seattle, it can happen in any city around the world. Well, it happened in San Francisco. They recalled the radical DA. and And they sure as hell tried in L.A. to get rid of Gascon, and they tried in Philly to impeach and get rid to Krasner. So, man, Tommy, you make a great point that that I think people are starting to wake up in this country. And it's not just Republicans. It's Democrats as well. It's not because it's a question of yes. competency. Right. It, yeah, it's, yep. it's, it's, it's a question of these cities just need to be run well, and we should enforce the law. I mean, it's, it's crazy that these are actually up for dispute. The idea that you should enforce the law. I mean, it's 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 mind boggling that there's a segment of the Democratic Party that has decided the law is something just to be discarded. And we've seen the impacts of that. It has failed so dramatically. And so for the entire world to see, and I think people are just tired of it. Tommy, one more thing here before we let you go. Uh, Keeping it in the conversation of cities, Washington, D.C., they've now made it law that non-citizens can vote in local elections. Now, we've been talking about this on the air. Keep in mind, there's embassies in Washington, D.C. You have a Russian embassy, a Chinese embassy, people who, let's be honest, hate the United States of America, but they're here working in the embassies. Because of this new passage of a law in Washington, D.C., these people can now vote in local elections. And I'm curious as to your thoughts. I talk about something that this is probably the worst idea I can possibly think of. You're right to point out those embassies. It makes no distinction between uh, a member of the Chinese Communist Party that's based in Washington, D.C. versus anyone else. So 
literally at the D.C. City Council that's saying we want Chinese Communist Party members to vote in our elections that they're living in D.C. at the time. I can't imagine a worse policy. U.S. elections should be decided by U.S. citizens, period, end of sentence. That, that is, should be a common sense. It used to be a common sense philosophy. But it's not just in D.C. where we're seeing Democrats push this really radical agenda on voting. You're seeing it in areas like Vermont. You're seeing it in other areas around the country. The RNC has taken steps to fight those elements as students, several of those uh, municipalities. Uh, but it's just, once again, showing that the, the Democrats, especially in places like D.C., won't stop to try to undermine our election integrity and, in fact, want non-citizens to vote, in fact, want members of countries like China and Russia to vote in our elections. I can't imagine a worse policy, uh, and I think it's something that the vast majority of the American people oppose. I'm with you. I think the vast majority oppose this, but you know as well as I do, Tommy, a lot of things are copycat. Nobody wants to be first. Well, Washington, D.C.'s first. Do you anticipate other major cities to fall in line and do what Washington did? I do. And actually, we've already seen that in terms of New York also pushing something similar, like I mentioned, Vermont as well, uh, doing something similar. The RNC's taken steps legally in a lot of those areas to try to combat that. Again, it's just to show that you know we're not even having a discussion of you know how many early voting days should there be, what form of ID should be needed. You know, we're not having those types of discussions, which is a much more uh, reasonable realm of debate. We're actually legitimately having a disagreement with the Democrats about whether non-citizens should vote in our elections. Uh, and so I think you are going to be seeing Democrats pushing this more and more. The RNC, the Republican Party, is going to be fighting those efforts every single step of the way because, again, U.S. citizens should be the ones that are deciding U.S. elections. And there should be that, that, that's, that's it. That's the argument. And that's what should be happening in elections around the country. Tommy Piggott, RNC Rapid Response Director. Tommy, thank you so much. We enjoy your time. And thank you for joining us in Indy. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Uh, Hammer, you're going to have to... You're going to have to help me out on this Toronto Raptors controversy. I'm not sure I quite understand what happened here, but there's some sort of cringeworthy tribute for Women's History Month from the NBA team. So March is Women's History Month, and the Raptors, they had a home basketball game, and they did like a big video jumbotron tribute to women. Okay. And all it was was the players praising women for giving birth. Hey, thank you so much, women. You gave birth, and <laughs> we're allowed to play basketball. And like some of the women in the crowd were like, you know, we do more than just give birth. <laughs> you know, some of us are doctors, lawyers, and all they focused on was the player saying, okay, thank yeah, you I for giving it. birth. Uh, I don't, Allison, a female perspective, our new producer, is that kind of cringy? Is yeah, that, definitely a man was in charge of that promo. <laughs> That's all I got to say. The team has issued an apology, and uh, they even put it on social media. Like, after it aired on the Jumbotron, they have deleted the post. You know, plus, it's very offensive because it assumes only women give birth. <laughs> and how That's do they the know only... what a woman is? Yeah, I right. thought they were basketball players, not biologists. Wait a minute. Are you telling me women? a woman is the only gender that can give birth? That is terribly offensive. Justin Trudeau's head probably spun all the way around. He was probably the one that ordered them to take down and delete everything. Uh, Miss Allison, if you wouldn't mind, hit me with a little mood music. Oh, boy. I feel like I'm in the departed. They also play this right before kickoffs at Notre Dame games. 
reason why we've got this music, Big Nige. It is uh, International Irish Whiskey Day, yeah. March 3rd, 2023. And I believe we have just enough time in this segment to celebrate. You know what? As I always say on this program, CVS uh, is an under <laughs> underrated place to go get uh, uh, liquor and beer because, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's just cheaper there. You saw me in there. I bought a dirty 30 pack of natty natural natty ice. ice. Natty ice. Yeah. For twenty one dollars, I could have. I was. It was down to that, or an eighteen pack of Tall Boys of Coors Light for twenty five dollars. Oh. This is no. This is, this is a no brainer. Natty Ice greater than Matty Ice. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> in Indy just former, said, "Hell yeah!" Former Colts quarterback. <laughs> well, we don't know that he's former yet, do we? Well, um, so but uh, Jameson was on special. <laughs> All and, right. And, you know, I like every time I go in to get a prescription, I wander, I kind of mosey down the liquor aisle, and. Uh, <laughs> Guess what? Today is the day. What could go wrong with Nigel having pharmaceuticals and liquor? <laughs> and the ironic part is it's blood pressure and cholesterol medicine. <laughs> so I stopped by the uh, uh, Jameson, the uh, liquor aisle, and uh, cheers to you and Allison, and happy International Irish Whiskey Day here with some Jameson. Cheers. Mm. Mm. It doesn't get any better than Jameson, man. The official shot of a uh, Cubs manager, David Ross. Is that what he was? Oh yeah, he would after a game, he'd wander into the bar by himself and buy shots for everybody, right? right. So like that was the magical run, like his final season, 2016 Wrigleyville. Imagine you just watched the Cubs win a World Series game. You're hanging out at the Cubby Bear, cool. and David Ross walks in, and starts buying shots of Jameson. It wasn't uh, the Notre Dame basketball coach buying <laughs> shots too. Yeah, Coach Bray, who's retiring, just coached his final home game up at Notre Dame and after the game which they won and pulled an upset he was over at the bar doing shots of Jameson <laughs> with everybody I love that <laughs> whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you St. Jude treats children across the country and around the world, regardless of color, creed, or financial capability, because they're committed to love and care for their neighbors. Join me in helping St. Jude give every child with cancer the chance they deserve to survive. Together, we can save more lives. Call now to become a partner in hope. 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a very special guest on the DriveHubler.com hotline. So yesterday, we were talking about the Pendleton School Board meeting where they were scheduled, at least according to inside information, to fire someone who all they wanted to do was let parents know about what was happening in the school to their kids. Kathy McCord, she's a counselor at Pendleton Heights High School. Uh, the school disciplined her. She, after, you know, basically disagreed with their, and, and spoke publicly about it, about uh, the, the, the school's policy to withhold information 
from parents about students' preferred pronouns. Right. So the and, teachers, and, the counselors, all these people were supposed to keep this information from the parents. Kathy said this isn't right, and she, I don't know if whistleblew was the right term, but she let people know. Well, last night was supposed to be the school board meeting where Pendleton fired her. Tony Kennett of the Tony Kennett Show and the Daily Signal, he went last night. Tony, what happened? Well, uh, first of all, uh, Mike Hanna, the school board president, stopped and he, he kind of sort of half stood up in his chair and he said, now, listen, the last school board meeting, people were really mean and they said mean things and they uh, that's not allowed anymore. So we told everyone that no, no, no nonsense is going to fly. And then they pushed back Kathy's private hearing, uh, which, which was where they were supposed to make their ruling back to the seventh. So they're moving dates around and, and they're kind of keeping as much as they can in the dark. They're trying so hard to weather this storm. And uh, then the school board got up in front of the parents and basically said, if we don't want you to talk, we'll just cut you off and we'll either reschedule a meeting or we'll have the police escort you out. And I, my mouth fell open because uh, this is the kind of stuff you're supposed to hear at Virginian or Californian school board meetings. That sounds very Loudoun County-ish to me. Um, yeah. so, so no resolution on Kathy McCord's job status then is what you're saying. No, uh, the superintendent, Dr. Hall, has recommended that she be fired for uh, something. Uh, I noticed you guys said whistleblower earlier. All Kathy McCord did was simply confirm uh, that the document existed. I reached out to her. Uh, she did not reach out to media and try to expose Pendleton. She simply confirmed uh, what we knew about the school and also said, I disagree with it. So it's horrible what the school is doing to her. It's completely unwarranted. Uh, Dr. Mark Hall and Mike Hanna are cowards and liars. They've been caught repeatedly. Now, who are they, Tony? Before we get ahead of ourselves, who are they? Uh, Dr. Hall is the superintendent uh, over at the South Madison School Corporation. He's the one recommending Kathy be fired. He has refused to talk to any sort of media or answer any questions. And then Mike Hanna is the president of the school board. And uh, he is the one who threatened to haul parents' butts out of the room last night in the arms of police. Yeah, let me guess. He's the kind of guy that has a really hard handshake to overcompensate probably for something else. But <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong here, Tony, but this is not the first time they have moved the hearing in regards to Kathy. No, they've been moving all kinds of things. The family has requested a larger venue uh, for a public hearing so that more people who have wanted to come and show their support uh, to Kathy could come. The school's turned that down. There's been a lot of really gross shenanigans happening in Pendleton. Uh, we support Kathy. Yard signs have been stolen out of people's yards. The police have been contacted. Guys, it's, it's a mess in Pendleton. What was the turnout like uh, at the meeting last night and what did people have to say in support or um, and, and negatively about uh, Kathy McCord? Uh, there were, first of all, there was standing room only. Yet again, that's four school board meetings in a row. Good. Standing room only. Good. Which, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, all but like two people uh, that spoke were vehemently in support of Kathy. Uh, the people that spoke in support of Kathy cited parental rights, cited previous court cases, cited the obvious thing that Kathy didn't do anything that they're accusing her of. Uh, there was one trans advocate uh, who said that Kathy was a horrible person for uh, outing students, yet um, no student has ever been outed in this entire thing. Uh, the email that we released <laughs> yeah. had any and all student names redacted before I even got a hold of it. 
So the only against Kathy speech uh, made stuff up. Well, it sounds like the uh, superintendent and the president of the school board are going to piss some people off uh, eventually with their decision. It's a it's it's a vote. It's the whole school board votes, correct? Uh, yes, that is correct. Okay. And the, the two conservatives, quote unquote, on the board have been um, rather silent, and I'm, I'm disappointed in wow. them as well. It seems like they're not doing a very good job of standing up for anyone in the community. Let's be honest here. How much of this being rescheduled is all about the Pendleton schools trying and hoping that people forget about this story? Well, this is actually what I was talking uh, with a, a guy at the Herald Bulletin, which is a left-wing newspaper in Anderson about. And if you have the left-wing journalists and the right-wing journalists agree on something, it, it's got to be good. <laughs> we noticed that they're trying so desperately to ride out the storm because they know they've screwed up. They know that at this point they have made a serious mistake. They have all of the media in Indiana and nationally knocking on the door. Uh, left, right, and center parents are trying to support Kathy. And the school's just really just trying to ride it out. They really hope that everyone will forget, give Kathy the middle finger, and leave her alone. And after 25 years of dedicated service to Pendleton, looks like Kathy's got more support than they expected. So Pendleton Heights High School has turned into an REO Speedwagon song, basically. The school board (laughs) riding the storm out, baby. Just ride it out. Eventually, people won't pay attention. Tony, here's what I hope happens. And again... I don't have any kids that go to Pendleton. I don't live in Pendleton, but I know something shady when I see it. And I hope that the people in Pendleton who are listening right now, or whether you have kids there, or even if you're just a concerned citizen who doesn't like what's happening in the schools, I hope you keep showing up. And if they keep rescheduling, I hope you keep showing up in larger numbers just to tick off these weasels who are too afraid to face the public. Uh, You're absolutely right. And if I could just say one thing to every Hoosier that's listening right now, this is why school board elections matter. This is why you care, because there was just a huge school board election and not a lot of people came out in Pendleton. And and this is what you get. And as much as it pains me to say it, when you make your bed in these situations, you do have to lie in it. And unfortunately, these are the consequences. And I'm sure you'll have more of this on your show this weekend, correct? That's right. I'm going to dedicate a whole segment to it this uh, Saturday at 1 p.m. Tony Kennett from the Tony Kennett Show and the Daily Signal. Tony, thank you. Thanks, guys. Uh, So, Nige, we're getting some information that last month Joe Biden had a lesion removed from his chest that was cancerous. Oh, wow. We're getting this information uh, today. Uh, That's a big deal. Uh, No further treatment was needed. Everything went well. But uh, that's the story coming out of the White House. Okay. I do hope he's cancer-free and recovering. Now, I was told he was going to get the cure. So (laughs) He was going to cure cancer? That was part part of his promises on his cancer campaign uh, leading up to the 2020 election. We're going to cure cancer. Those were his words. Uh, Again, hopefully Joe is okay. I disagree with everything about his politics. I think he is a horrible, horrible human being, but I do not wish that upon anybody. Uh, His wife, First Lady Jill Biden, will be coming to Indiana next week. The good doctor. Moving on. According to a new report from Yahoo!, Salesforce. And they've got a big, you know, building here in Indy. They've got a big headquarters. Salesforce has reportedly been paying actor Matthew McConaughey $10 million a year to act as their 
creative advisor. No way. Despite laying off 8,000 employees last month. No way. 10 million bucks. Now, if you remember, he did a Super Bowl commercial for them. I don't believe it was this past year. I think it was the year before. And those things aren't cheap. So imagine if you're one of the 8,000 employees fired by Salesforce, and then you find out via Yahoo that Waterson is getting $10 million (laughs) a year. I'll be damned. It's all over the place. Salesforce reportedly kept Matthew McConaughey on the payroll as it cuts thousands of workers. <laughs> what, why, what is the official job title? Creative advisor. <laughs> okay. So imagine I telling your right family, on. I got laid off today. I can't provide for you anymore. I've got to go out and find a new job. But thank God Matthew McConaughey is getting $10 million bucks a year. Hey, man, he was great in Dallas Buyers Club. <laughs> and he was also great when he sat down and interviewed Dr. Fauci. How's it going, man? Pretty good. You got a joint? That's a good question. Uh, yes. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Right now in the United States, People should not be walking around with masks. Rather than spend my time listening to some dick who doesn't know what the hell he's talking about anyway. What you talking about? Well, we can't be dealing with you unless we know you're vaccinated. Man, it's the same bullshit they tried to pull in my day, you know. But ain't that piece of paper? Some other choice we're gonna try and make for you. Let me tell you this: the older you do get, the more rules we're gonna try to get you to follow. <laughs> You just got to keep living, man. Well, I understand that, but now is the time to do what you're told. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that. I don't think I liked any of that, to be honest with you. Uh, Fauci, do what you're told. You question me, you're questioning science. Doesn't look that way exactly anymore, does it, old flip-flop? Hammer and Nigel presents... Is... It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is this anything? Hammer, how do we play Is This Anything? I will run some stories by you. You will break down all the information that's been presented and give us a verdict. Is the story anything or not? Is this anything? An Australian teenage mom is getting heat after posting a video online of her 10-month-old baby vaping. Oh, is her husband Matt Bear in the traffic center? (laughs) He loves a good vape. 10-month-old baby had a really deep voice. (laughs) Here are people in the community reacting to the footage and Paige Preston of the Lung Foundation talking about little baby bear. Terrible. Everyone can't believe it. Why would you give a young baby a vape? Disgusting. I can't believe this. She needs to grow up. It is incredibly alarming to see that video of that poor child. This is a massive concern because it does normalize vaping and it makes light of something that is incredibly dangerous. Baby bear. Baby <laughs> Matt bear. He got started early. His first words are, mama. <laughs> mama. Yeah, obviously, the, whatever the Australian's version of child protective services might need to knock on this person's door and at least check on the status of this child or a child, this baby, this <laughs> infant that was vaping. I don't even know how... Like I don't, you've never tried it. I've tried it twice and almost puked all over myself twice. And both times it involved Matt Bear. <laughs> you like, remember? Who would have thought that of all the people in this room right now, the worst influence would be Matt freaking Bear? <laughs> 
He's the problem. Yeah. And, and, like, I don't know how hard to suck on that thing. Allison, did you get that? Please tell me you got that Seriously, on the tape. No, but that's, that's right. a promo but, right but, there. But, but a 10-month-old baby that would really, like, I, I felt like I was ingesting smoke. Uh, or I felt like I was, you know, in the middle of uh, uh, East Palestine, Ohio, oh. when I did that. I, I it, it hurt me real bad when I took my first hit off of off Matt Bear's vape. <laughs> I can imagine what a ten month old baby must feel like. That's awful. Yeah, at, at least knock on the door and make sure this. Half the things I see on social media, though, man, I can't even trust or believe or buy. It all feels I, I just, staged. It, it, all of it. All the deep fake videos. Some of these videos where, well, I don't even, uh, there, man, there was an awful video of that dude in St. Louis that shot the homeless guy. Yeah. But at the last second, the, the camera like turned away and it didn't actually show it. So I don't know what really happened or as if, or if this thing, I, I, I just, I, half the stuff I see, I can't even trust anymore. In my mind, our bosses at Radio One were sitting around in a conference room. You know what? The Hammer and Nigel show. We're thinking about syndicating this show. <laughs> Let's turn it on and see what's going on. And the first words they hear are Nigel going, I don't know how hard I'm supposed to suck on this thing. <laughs> I didn't. When I'm talking about the vape thing, I don't know how, to, I don't know how like, am I, is this, am I supposed to take a deep suck or just like a little- Stop. Stop saying suck. <laughs> You're making it really weird in here. Like, I've, I don't get an comfortable often, that's how you, you looking me in the eyes and talking about your <laughs> sucking habits make me feel uncomfortable that's how you vape you suck on it i, I don't know how else to describe it is this anything a florida <sighs> man started a house fire here we go a florida man it's got to be good he started a house fire by mistake while he was burning items in his yard to clean up his property when the police showed up the guy ran into the burning home for 10 minutes to avoid getting arrested for past warrants. Here's the deputy breaking down Florida man at the scene of the fire. Tried to clean up the yard. I wish time we started a little fire to burn some of the stuff. And the stuff then bounced from the fire pit to a boat. Then the boat transferred to the house, and then the house just got fully engulfed. I had recognized him from previous encounters, uh, so I knew he had warrants, and I knew we had uh, other deputies looking out for him. The only option he had was either stay in the home and possibly burn or come out, and I figured he'd have to come out at some point in time, and he did. I think we've discovered a new way to... Uh, get people that are like, you know, hold up in her house, like some sort of situation where they believe there's weapons involved. And if you know it's just them in there, just light the place on fire. They'll eventually come out. Because it works so well at Waco night. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, there's that. I guess I didn't think about Waco. But this guy ran back into the burning house in an attempt to evade police. And they're like, yeah, we'll just wait this one out. He'll be out eventually. <laughs> Somewhere Janet Reno's going, he's spitting. <laughs> preach, Nigel. Preach. Literally spitting fire. <laughs> it's the Hammer and Nigel show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hey fam, I'm asking for your support. Help us raise money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food so they can focus on helping their child live. By pledging just $19 a month, 
You're helping St. Jude give every child with cancer a chance. Help St. Jude save lives. Call 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 and become a partner in hope today. (laughs) Yeah. What up? This is Dr. Dre. The party's going on. (laughs) Thank God it's Friday. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Hammer's over there. I'm Nigel. I think we can all agree that the uh, White House response to what happened in East Palestine, Ohio, with the derailment of the train and the toxic chemicals billowing into the air has just been a complete disaster. Uh, The Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg, a no-show for two weeks, got embarrassed by Donald Trump and his campaign. Donald Trump looked like a hero going in to East Palestine. People loved it. And he got there before the president, or the, the very least, the transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, who was completely incompetent and unqualified for his job. As, as secretary, his whole goal when uh, running for president in, ni- in 2019 and 2020 um, was to get in Joe Biden's cabinet. He just wanted to be he wanted to have a seat at the table. And they told him to uh, bow out, and uh, we'll, we promised you a cabinet position. And he got exactly what he wanted. But he is completely unqualified from um, the supply chain crisis to baby formula to uh, train derailments. It's just been an abject, an utter disaster and embarrassment for Biden in the White House. And it's not just the Republicans that are saying it. So we're hearing some scuttlebutt, if you will, that the Democrats think this dude's a total zero. Manu Raju, he's a reporter for CNN. He was having a conversation with Joe Manchin. Now, I know Joe Manchin's one of these Democrats that has Republican tendencies from time to time, but he's still a Democrat. And Joe Manchin tells CNN that, yeah, Pete's basically not getting high grades right now from the Democrats and the people that I've spoken with. He goes on to say, I have concerns about Pete Buttigieg. He was also asked if Buttigieg should resign. He wouldn't say exactly, but he just said, quote, well... He has to make that decision if he feels he's being effective. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, not a we're standing by our guy, no, is it? No. And, and then in that same interview, uh, Manchin said he believed it made sense. It was This is a, a, a sort of an underhanded or backhanded swipe at Biden. It's like, yeah, it made sense for Biden to visit the Ohio scene and give confidence to the victims. Quote, oh, uh, one thing that makes a difference, being on site at these kinds of things, Manchin said. People have to have a confidence. They have to have more confidence when they see leaders. That makes total sense. And the only reason Pete Buttigieg went there was that Donald Trump went the day before and he felt pressure to do something. Because he didn't want to go. He didn't Because it interfered with his personal time with Chastin. He made that perfectly clear and in a Bi- video. And Biden didn't want to go because Ukraine borders are more important than what's happening in this country. So, sounds like a lot of Democrats, not just Republicans, but a lot of Democrats are looking at Pete Buttigieg going, God, this guy sucks, like Bob Barker and Happy Gilmore (laughs) flipping up his golf club and walking away. Uh, Dateline, Florida. Health experts are telling 
200,000 residents in Charlotte County, Florida. This is about 70 miles south of Tampa to avoid washing their face with tap water after a man died from a brain-eating amoeba that they think came through the water system. Officials believe this unnamed Charlotte County man died after rinsing his sinuses using tap water contaminated with a microscopic pathogen. You ever had to do that before? Like you stick your head over a bowl, like a steaming bowl of water, and I, I don't know, you put some ingredients in there. I've done like the neti your... pot before, where you put that thing like through oh, your nose gross. and your ear and all that kind of stuff. So wait, so because this guy died of a brain-eating amoeba, they're saying, hey, all everybody in Charlotte County better stop washing their face with tap water? Boil what your water. What is going on in Florida? There's a boil water advisory in effect for this area. Now, again, I vacation around this area, and I Tampa. think you do too. Like, I go to, like, the Madeira Beach, St. Pete area. Sure. You go there as well. This is about 70 miles south of where I normally go, but that's not that far away. And they're telling people, 200,000 strong, hey, you can have tap water, but make sure you boil it because there may be a fatal brain-causing amoeba in this thing. Brain-eating amoeba. I wonder what that feels like and how quick that process is. Oh, or I bet is it's it? horrible. I bet it's slow and horrible. Oh, man. An infectious disease expert from the University of Florida told the Daily Mail that residents in the county should avoid exposing their nose to the tap water, including while showering, uh, until officials give the all how clear. How are you supposed to do that? I shower every day of my life except on Saturdays and Sundays and sometimes on Fridays. So you pretty <laughs> much go an entire weekend without showering is what you're telling us. I, I sit under the, the shower the whole time. I, I don't uh, the the head the shower head though I'm, there's that would be impossible to take a shower and not have your nose exposed right I take a bath I guess so you're telling me even though there's brain eating amoeba uh, you know floating around in this water a bath is is fine what Just if it crawls into another crevice <laughs> <laughs> it's an anus eating amoeba oh no. <laughs> Man, man dies with an amoeba crawling up his crack. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh because somebody, you know, is suffering from this. But can you imagine? Oh, this is horrible. Uh, Dateline, the National Park Service. So some people have a problem at the joke that the National Park Service put out on social media. Now, the National Park Service, these are the people in charge of all the national parks across America. Right. From Yellowstone to the Great Smoky Mountains, everywhere and in between. The National Park Service shared on social media this week, quote, If you come across a bear, never push a slower friend down, even if you feel the friendship has run its course. <laughs> See, that's funny. It's funny. You know, like it when the National Park Service has a sense of humor. Now, there are two conversations going on. Number one, there's the perpetually offended crowd that's like, you should never push anyone down, and people have been mauled by bears, and this is not funny. Uh. There are those people. But then there are the other people that say, you should never push a slower friend down. You should push the faster friend down because that's the one you need to get away from. Because you're going to get eaten. Right. If, if, it, if it's a foot race between you and your, the friend that's faster than you, 
you push your fast friend down. Right. You don't push the slower <laughs> friend down. You can beat him in a race. The Awful. bear will eat him. You need to push and knock down the oh, faster that's, friend. That's, that's disgusting. That's just <laughs> awful. But it was all tongue in cheek, right? It's, right. But and, nobody and, can make jokes in this country was anymore. Was this on Twitter? Was this because that's Facebook the worst, and Twitter? Okay, that's the worst place to do that kind of thing. <laughs> um, which brings us to great moments in shooing away bears history. My favorite segment on the show. Uh, Here's a guy trying to reason with a bear (laughs) who was eating from his bird feeder. Stop it right now. No. Stop it down, bear. No. 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 Down, bear. Bear. Down. Great moments in shooing away bears history. Easily could have been a guy shooing away a, a squirrel or a cat. No. Get. Get. <laughs> this one, things get a little dicey because the bear shows up in the backyard of a family having a get together, and you hear like the mom and the kids running around screaming, but then the dad comes in, saves the family, saves the dog, and starts growling at the bear. <laughs> And it worked, too. It worked. The bear ran off. (laughs) And a game we've played before. See if you can tell which one is a bear, which one's Joe Biden, and which one is the coach from the water boy. (laughs) True international depression. Shooing away a bear, Joe Biden, or the coach from the water boy. You got me my mouth watering for Biden madness. Oh, my friend. It's coming up next. Biden madness next on the Hammer and Nigel show. And it's time for Biden madness. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel show on 93 WIBC. So each day around this time, we play two different Joe Biden sound bites. It's your job as the listeners of this program to vote on Twitter for the most ridiculous one to advance in the tournament. This is our tribute to March Madness, the NCAA Correct. basketball tournament. Instead of basketball, it's Bidenisms, Biden Madness. So let's get a winner for yesterday before we move on. Yesterday was a matchup of the number eight versus number nine seed. The number nine seed is when Joe Biden was doing a speech on gun control. And keep in mind, he was not in the presence of anyone named Murfin or Ruthers <laughs> in this speech. Absolutely determined as Murfin and Ruthers are to get this done. <laughs> Who the hell are Murfin and Ruthers? <laughs> That was the number nine seed. The number eight seed is when Joe Biden was doing an event on MLK Day. He was there. Al Sharpton was there. And so was Martin Luther King III. Now, MLK III's wife was celebrating her birthday. Yes. Her name is Andrea. A-R-N-D-R-E-A. Andrea. Let's listen how Joe Biden pronounces her name. Well, look, my wife has a rule in her family. On somebody's birthday, sing happy birthday. You ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Andrea. Happy birthday, dear Alan. Happy birthday to you. 
totally forgot her name. <laughs> had no idea who the woman was on MLK Day. Velvet. He, he might as well just said Mulva. <laughs> Happy birthday, dear Mulva. <laughs> so after Mulva? voting oh, for 24 yeah. hours. Uh, that's not a contest, is it? 66.3% of the vote. Yeah. Happy birthday advances to the round of eight. Happy birthday advancing. Okay. So today's matchup. The number two seed is involved today. This is a clip that could win this tournament. The number 15 against the number two. Let's start with the number 15 seed. This is when Joe Biden was talking about potential legislation that would block revenge porn. Now... In his speech, Joe Biden clearly thinks that everybody in this country is like Hunter Biden, and you've got tons of revenge porn on your phone. <laughs> How many times have you heard, I'll bet everybody knows somebody somewhere along the line, that in an intimate relationship, what happened was the guy takes a revealing picture of his naked friend or whatever <laughs> in a compromising position. And then, literally, in a sense, blackmails him or, or mortifies that person. Send it out. Put it online. So according to the President of the United States, right. at the end of a relationship, everybody in this country uses blackmail porn and posts it online. Uh, it's happened to all of us. <laughs> what? Not everybody's like, Hunter? You're kidding me. Uh, that's exactly where he's pulling his information from. He had, a, he had a computer full of that kind of footage. Allison, play this one more time. Now, again, keep in mind, Joe Biden clearly thinks everybody is like Hunter. How many times have you heard? I bet everybody knows somebody. Everybody. I do, for sure. And in an intimate relationship. Your son. What happened was the guy takes a revealing picture of his naked friend or whatever in a compromising position. <laughs> and then literally, in a sense, blackmails him or, or mortifies that person. Send it out. Put it online. Allison, do you have revealing pictures of naked friends in compromising <laughs> positions on your phone that you plan to put online? I don't. I wish you would have been more specific on the uh, compromising positions. You know, everybody has that picture of a friend naked on a bearskin rug with their legs spread and their butt cheeks open. <laughs> you know, it's a revealing position. Everybody's wrote wow on their butt <laughs> with their hole being the O. <laughs> Good Lord. This is the president of the United States. Okay, so what seed? That's the 15 seed? 15 seed. Uh, okay. The number two seed is, I think this was the straw that broke the camel's back when during the campaign, they decided to just put Joe in the basement. Because this happened on an interview with MSNBC, and after this, you didn't see Joe pretty much the rest of the campaign. Here are some words of wisdom. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you, that you uh, um, like to be able to. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> was that that wasn't from the first one, was it? Was this is this a returning? No, no, this uh -oh. is new. We didn't get this one in last time. Uh, okay, yeah, play that again. That one's that one's that's the favorite right there. I think the best way to get something done, if you if it holds near and dear to you, that you. Uh, um, like to be able to. Anyway, I mean, he just hit 
face first into a brick wall on that one, didn't he? I mean, yeah, he, I mean, he, he just, just waved I the mean, white in, flag in flames, and surrendered. In, went down in complete flames. Hey, look, it's happened to me before. I've been, I've been jabbering uh, on the show, and all of a sudden I lose my train of thought. But I'm not the president of the United States. And I certainly just uh, anyway. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that's that's it. That's gonna be that's gonna come out. So we're not gonna like when is the how long is it uh, this poll for? Like how, how long we do? You have twenty three hours to vote. Okay, it's open so. right now. You got to be on Twitter at Hammer and Nigel. You got to follow us. You got to like us, love us, stalk us. As Joe Biden says, send revealing photos of your <laughs> naked friend at Hammer and Nigel. But you can vote right now. Which one do you want to advance? Uh, anyway or naked friend. <laughs> Those are your choices for Biden madness. Winner will be announced on Monday and we'll have a new matchup for you on Monday as well. Biden madness vote at hammer and Nigel. Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Did you know St. Jude has one of the largest pediatric sickle cell programs in the country? St. Jude freely shares the discoveries they make, and every child saved at St. Jude means doctors and scientists worldwide can use this knowledge to save thousands more children everywhere. Join me today in helping to fight sickle cell disease by becoming a partner in hope. Call now, 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. And Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer, right over there. We have a special guest on the drive, Hubler.com hotline. The Attorney General for the state of Indiana is Todd Rakita. He joins us now. Mr. Attorney General, we got a number of places we could start here, but let's start with something that you are very actively involved in right now. The lawsuit against TikTok. Let's start from the very beginning here. Why are you involved in a lawsuit with TikTok? Well, hey, guys. Good to be with you again. It's been a little bit of time. It has. Um, But look, TikTok, look, you know, I'm, Kathy and I are the parents of two boys, uh, 13 and 15. It's hard enough being a parent these days. Uh, number one, but then to, to, to compete with the Chinese Communist Party uh, for uh, the rearing of your child is absolutely ridiculous. And the fact of the matter is TikTok, and we did extensive research before filing this lawsuit, but we have found direct evidence that TikTok targets uh, children uh, 12 years of age, so maybe some even younger, and corrupts them. Whether it's within 30 seconds of joining TikTok, you can learn how to become a stripper. You can learn how to access alcohol or drugs or fentanyl. There's specific targets uh, that are specifically targeting little kids. And then for adults, we filed filed two lawsuits, guys. For adults, we're very concerned about how the Chinese Communist Party is stealing data uh, right off our phones. 
And I, you keep wondering why I say Chinese Communist Party. Well, it's a Chinese company, and every Chinese company is controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. So we're in court today up in Fort Wayne. The hearing is actually still going on. We've been up there for several hours, and uh, we should know shortly whether or not we got a preliminary injunction uh, to help stop TikTok from being issued or used in the state of Indiana. And, and Mr. Akita, isn't the content on TikTok in China different from yes. the content that kids in America and other places are exposed to? Yeah, thanks for reminding me about that. So while they, the, this Chinese company targets our children, pollutes their minds, corrupts them, uh, just like they're bringing fentanyl in through Mexico and doing the same thing, yeah. uh, the, the, the Chinese version of TikTok, and we put this in our lawsuit as well, teaches their kids STEM. STEM education. <laughs> okay. So uh, they're, 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 they're killing our, they're, they're destroying our best asset, our children, and they're popping up their own using this application. So now, I don't know if it, TikTok's the only one. It's the one we've found so far. It's the most one that's most egregious. It's the one we're focusing on. We're the first state in the nation to actually sue TikTok. Uh, we expect other states to join. Other governments have already banned their employees from using TikTok, but this is the first suit that really stops, uh, asks the court to step in and stop it from being accessed by children. You know, I, I will say it is bizarre watching, I mean, even the Super Bowl and the NFL All-Star game, there were certain segments leading up to and during the Super Bowl that were sponsored by TikTok. And so yeah. it's 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 that mainstream that the NFL is taking money from, from a, a corporation or an entity that you are currently in a lawsuit with or the state yeah. is. Well, don't get me started on the NFL. I mean, <laughs> yeah. this is an organization that prefers you kneel uh, for the national anthem and then sings two of them at least. So, you know, who knows where all that's going. But um, they're not helpful. Uh, look, I, I just believe and I know to, for it to be a fact that our best asset are our children. And, and there are so many attacks against them and the nuclear family these days. And a lot of our work is involved in fighting against and back against that because the nuclear family, guys, is the backbone of a free enterprise system. You know, some of these people that are whether in the state house or other places say, oh, don't don't focus on the social issues. Just focus on the economic ones. That's where you ought to stay put. Listen, guys, these social issues, quote unquote, are economic issues. When our best asset, the best workers of the future, are being attacked and, and, and scuttled while their Chinese counterparts are being propped up and taught STEM education through the very same app, that's an economic issue. When you, when you attack the nuclear family, which is the foundation of a free enterprise system, because that's the, that's the entity that teaches personal and individual responsibility to future generations, um, and instead wants the government to take care of you be your family right your mom dad big brother i mean that's a that's an attack on our way of life on our economic uh system itself so these are very much these quote-unquote social inter, uh, issues are intertwined economically and we have to be focusing on them if we're going to preserve america preserve the state one more thing on tiktok before we move on to some other stuff is this mainly because this is a china type of relationship a china sponsored deal because a Proponents would argue that you could go on to Google and find ISIS beheadings. You can go on to Twitter and find pornographic materials. You can go to Pornhub and find pornographic materials. Why TikTok? Is it just because the information and the data would go to China? It's, it's that, but more. It's the fact that this application targets 
children and target specific adults and, and uses uh, seductive uh, advertising and other, and other uh, instrumentalities to actually go after our kids and go after uh, data that might be on, on adults' phones. So it's much more than just going and finding smut on the internet. Uh, it's it's the it's the um, active nature in which this company targets. Uh, American assets. The Attorney General for Indiana is Todd Rakita. He joins us right now on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Uh, Mr. Rakita, what we're seeing with a lot of schools lately is this trend of keeping information from the parents. We've been uh, talking a lot about this situation in Pendleton, where there's a uh, popular counselor who may be out of a job because she felt like parents need to know about what's happening in regards to schools, teachers, transgender students, and secrets being kept. In the past, you've put out a parent's bill of rights. So I'm curious, is the state of Indiana, are they vested in? Do they have skin in the game here? And what's happening with some of these schools with teachers covering up transgender information and pronoun information from parents? Well, first of all, I really applaud this counselor. And um, if she asks, I will do everything I can to help because she did the right thing. Parents absolutely need to know for all the reasons I just were telling you about TikTok. Right? This is an attack on a nuclear family. Again, anything you can to destroy this, the nuclear family is helpful to Marxism, is helpful to socialism is hurtful to uh, a free enterprise system. You know, that's the problem here. And, and if you're asking, is the state house have its head buried in the sand? I'm afraid it does. And I'm going to become, you know, I've, I have the Parents' Bill of Rights in the fifth edition because I think parents need to be empowered. They need to know what Indiana law is. And they also need to know what Indiana law isn't so that they can hopefully go and change it and engage these legislators. But again, we saw a CRT bill die, uh, apparently this year again, yeah. Yeah, in the state house and other protections for these kids. Now, the, the legislature is working diligently on uh, trying to stop uh, the transgender extremism, which is another facet of all this. Uh, but we really have got to let parents be put back in charge because, it, you know, really, honestly, the school system and the teachers, they're the hired help. You know, it's really a parent's responsibility to educate and grow your child. No one else's. No one else's. And if you're going to cede that to the government, uh, then you're willing to cede anything. And uh, I know it's hard. And this is where republics, this is where free societies get real hard. You got to stay engaged and you got to actually raise your kids every day and you got to monitor your government every day. And those are the untold costs that our founders gave us for this liberty. Uh, but my Lord, we can't let that liberty go. And the price for that is, you know, this internal vigilance on our governmental systems, including our schools. Well, uh, one more thing before we let you go here, Mr. Attorney General uh, Todd Rakita on the show. And I don't really even know if this is under the scope or the purview of your uh, role as, as Attorney General. But are you keeping your eye on the, the toxic waste that's being transported from Ohio to Indiana yeah. at all? And, and yeah. your, just your general thoughts on this here in, in 60 yeah. seconds. Yeah, a couple seconds. Uh, yeah, we are. We've been diligently uh, had, our no had our nose in the law books and everything else the last few days, figuring out all the angles to this. We think the governor's doing the right thing now by ordering that independent testing. Uh, that is a good move. Um, we have to understand that, you know, this is a contract between uh, two private entities, uh, one an Indiana company. 
nothing stopping that Indiana company from canceling the contract. If you really want that waste not to get put into the ground, they can cancel the contract. And maybe that has to be explored from a, a public pressure standpoint or private pressure, however you do it. But other than that, we got to remember the Constitution has this thing called the Commerce Clause in it. And there's specific cases on point that prohibit states from erecting laws that stop interstate commerce, including waste products. This has been litigated before. So other than that, it's been very difficult to find some teeth into this. Um, you know, I'm just a county away where Kathy and I and the boys live. And so we're all very concerned about this. Uh, you also have to know that that landfill, from what we understand, takes material that's a lot worse than this, too, uh, than at least worse than we've been told, which is why I support the governor for uh, ordering independent testing, which he has the authority to do. Todd Rakita, the attorney general for the state of Indiana. Uh, Mr. Rakita, please keep us up to date on all of these things going on with the state of Indiana. And whenever there's an update, let us know. Will do, sirs. Thank you. You got it. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. St. Jude treats children across the country and around the world, regardless of color, creed, or financial capability, because they're committed to love and care for their neighbors. Join me in helping St. Jude give every child with cancer the chance they deserve to survive. Together, we can save more lives. Call now to become a partner in hope. 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. Ah, jeez, you guys are freaking me out! The Hammer and Nigel Show. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. No. 93 WIPC. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a very special and lovely guest on the DriveHubler.com hotline. She is the crazy coupon lady, my better half, the lovely and talented Miss Crystal hey, Hammer. Crystal. Hey, guys. What's up? So, before we dive into the wheeling and dealing that you've got lined up for us from a savings perspective, you're going to be the crazy illegal lady right now because <laughs> you've been following this Murdaugh trial from the beginning, and you watched this Netflix documentary that kind of gave us a little background on it. So, let's start from the very beginning here. Go ahead. Okay, so, yeah, so the trial's going on, and it's all over the news, and I didn't know much about him other than his son was involved in some kind of boating accident that, you know, took the life of a young lady, and I'm like, okay, so how does that justify murdering the kid? Like, I just, I, I didn't quite understand it, and I came across this series on Netflix, and I think it's only about three or four episodes, but man, I'm telling you, once I started watching it, I watched all four episodes in a row, could not stop. I mean, that family makes the Clintons look like the Brady Bunch. Whoa. Yeah, that's, you know, Crystal, my wife watched it, too. I haven't seen it yet, but she said this is a one messed up family to begin with. Yeah. I mean, even outside of all the controversy that surrounds them, I mean, they are just... It is definitely a messed up family who thought that they could just get away with anything and everything. Um, well, they're, they're lawyers, right? Or the, the, the main guy is a lawyer. The main guy is a lawyer. Um, I think he's like the fourth generation in that law firm in that small town. Yeah, so um, there's old money there for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, you're talking the police, the investigators, everybody was in the pocket, you know, of their their pockets. And 
Yeah, like I didn't realize how much, um, and it's not just the boating accident. There's other murders, like the housekeeper that, you know, mysteriously fell down the steps after she found out that Murdoch was back on his pills and how he took out a half a million dollar insurance policy because he wanted to give it back to her kids because she died on his property, yet the kids have never seen any of that money. Um, yeah. So and he was the, the, the main focus in here, the guy that's accused and was found guilty of murdering his wife and son, it was a heavy drug addict, too, like pills and opioids and, and stuff like that, right? Yeah, he definitely was. Um, but the show really didn't focus too much on that. It focused more around the younger son and, you know, the boating accident. And there's even another um, young kid that was just randomly murdered on the side of the road that had ties with the oldest son. Um, and I believe that that young gentleman was gay and there had been rumors that the older son, you know, may have been in some, like kind of like a relationship with the kid and they didn't want it to come out because obviously that wouldn't look good upon the family. And right. Allegedly. Now, I mean, this is coming from, you know, people talking in, you know, the neighborhood and everything. And this is all in that documentary that's available for anybody to watch on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's in the documentary. Why why did they say he why did they accuse him of killing his his wife and his son? Like, what was the reasoning behind the prosecution? You know, I, I'm not 100% sure. I think it was more of more or less because, well, the son was going to be brought up on charges, obviously, because he was driving the boat the night that the they had the accident and he was um, intoxicated. Um, so he was going to be going through a lot of legal issues um, with that. And I believe the mom was kind of supporting the son um, and the husband wasn't happy about it. And I don't know. I just think there was just a lot of things going on within that family. It's just it's crazy. I think drugs played a big part of him killing his son and wife. And you watched this verdict yesterday. What was like the the body language from the Murdaugh family? Because Alex Murdaugh, the one that was found guilty, he was obviously front and center, but you could still see his other son in the back. What was it like? When I was watching it, I even pointed it out to you. I said, look at his oldest son. I said, first of all, you would think his oldest son would kind of be in the front row next to his dad. But he wasn't. He was like four or five rows back, and he's just kind of sitting there with his hand, you know, like on his, you know, hand, just sitting there like... Like, he had better things to do. <laughs> like, like he was put out for being at the dad's trial. Like, he just looked bored. It was just really odd. I'm thinking to myself, man, if that was my father, I'd be very upset. Right. And so, after- I guess the million-dollar question, Crystal, is why did this trial captivate America? Because this was the biggest story in the United States, you know, yesterday evening. We had signed off the air. You know, we get home, and then we find out that the jury, who only delivered Liberated for 45 minutes has already got their verdict. Why did this case resonate with so many people? I think it resonated because, I mean, with a lot of small towns, you always have those influential families. I mean, yes. heck, we have it in Big Grove, you know, Jason. We see it all the time that, you know, kind of get away with things that you're like, man, normal people wouldn't get away with. And I, I think people saw that in this and they could relate to it. Plus, you kind of think to yourself, how does a man who has all this money, has all these things like... Why? Why would you murder? Like, you have, like, the best life ever. Why would you ever even contemplate murdering your son and wife? 
And he took the stand in his own defense, tried to claim the real murderers were people that were getting back at his son for for killing that girl uh, during a boating accident. Um, yeah. And he's he's a lawyer. And uh, legal analysts were saying that he came off very well testifying in his own defense, but um, ultimately found guilty and sentenced to life in prison today. See, I didn't get that. When I watched him go on trial, I, I got the sense of he was making up a story. Like, it, it, Yeah, well, they were trying to cause doubt for sure. That, that, that's yeah. the main thing they were doing is trying to t- cause any sliver of a doubt you have to vote not guilty. Right. And if you watch him when the verdict comes down, I mean, he shows no remorse whatsoever. I mean, you just got handed a guilty sentence, two life sentences, and he didn't show anything. Like, there was no emotion out of him. I thought that was odd, too. All right. So, uh, we got a little bit of time left here. Sorry, I know we've taken up most of the coupon <laughs> saving time here, but you've been all over this trial, so I wanted to get your opinions on it. Uh, for those who want to save a little cash at the grocery store or wherever, what deals do you have? Okay, so I found that at Kroger. Again, Kroger is my choice that where I shop for most of my groceries. But the Weight Watcher Smart One frozen dinners, those can be pretty pricey. They're about up to $2 a frozen dinner. Um, they're on sale for $1.99, but if you clip that weekly digital coupon in the Kroger app, they're $0.99 cents a frozen dinner with a limit of five. So you can stock up on the breakfast meals, the, the lunches, or even you know a quick dinner at night. Okay, okay. And this is with the uh, app, the Kroger app. Yes. yes, you have to make sure you clip that weekly digital coupon on the Kroger app or you will not save that additional dollar off of each one of those entrees. And if anybody wants more deals, where can they go? Uh, you can find me on social media. Just search my name. It's Crystal Hammer, and it's spelled C-H-R-Y-S-T-A-L, just like the... Stripper. There you go. Someone else is going to say it. She's the crazy legal today. The crazy legal lady, in addition to being the crazy coupon lady. Crystal Hammer, thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. We're back. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Go to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on Breitbart World Editor Francis Martell. Francis, how are you? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. We're going to tie a bunch of stuff together here. This is going to be a fun one. We've got China. We've got Russia. We've got India. We've got uh, whiskey. And I promise, <laughs> we're, I promise we're, we're going to tie it all together here. Let's start with the news. The Department of Energy comes out and says, yeah, it looks like the COVID virus came out of a lab in Wuhan. The FBI ran a parallel investigation that said just as much. And now I'm assuming China has threw up their hands and said, ah, you got us. <laughs> right? I mean, they you got us. Yeah, it came from the lab. Uh, I'm assuming I could just only uh, hope that's the the response from China. Am I wrong? Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I, I wish I could tell you that. But actually, what China says is that it did come from a lab in Maryland and that it actually originated oh. in the United States. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What? Hold on. I, that's the first time I've even heard that. A lab in Maryland? Yes, this is a long time. This is the official position of the Chinese government. This is not me making this up. This is the Chinese foreign ministry. Um, they claim that the um, coronavirus escaped from the uh, bio lab at Fort Detrick, Maryland, and that people started getting sick in 2019, and the U.S. government covered it up by naming people with uh, COVID infections by claiming that they had vaping injuries, vaping lung injuries. I remember the uh, vaping angle for yes. sure. Yes. 
and and that's what they say happened and they've never been able to explain how there has never been a single case of a vaping injury being contagious <laughs> of yeah. someone who you know used a vape and and had a lung injury infecting a health worker because these people were obviously not isolated or you know treated with any quarantine protocol if they had a vaping injury um, but covid is so contagious so there's no evidence for this theory whatsoever um, the first known case was in the Wuhan area in, in Hubei province in China, probably around October, November 2019. Um, again, zero evidence, but they reiterated this just this week that, first of all, it's a conspiracy theory to say that it came from a lab, and number two, it came from an American lab. <laughs> That's the wow. official position. So, Francis, we're sitting here laughing at you know the Chinese government saying that it came from Maryland, but at the same time, it's not necessarily that the United States hands are totally clean in this because Dr. Fauci has been doing this kind of gain of function stuff for a while. Like, so where are we at with that? If we're going to say that it came from a Chinese lab, does Dr. Fauci have any sort of skin in this game? Well, yes, and and that's the the other angle to this, right? That the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which is the the lab that is implicated in this, um, had pretty close ties to multiple American agencies. Um, Fauci, Francis Collins, who ran the NIH when he was there, um, they had ties to experts who were working on experiments at the Wuhan lab at the time. That doesn't necessarily mean that those were the experiments that caused the pandemic or anything like that. Um, but the the question here is that there's a lot of of, of unanswered questions. There's a lot of things that we don't know. So I don't want to say definitively anybody's implicated or that, you know, Fauci caused the pandemic, nothing like that. But there are way too many questions that no one is answering about the relationship between the National Institutes of Health and Chinese scientists, some of whom worked at that lab. Any signs that uh, our government is going to hold China accountable in any way, shape, or form? They knew this thing was spreading around way before we did. Uh, they started locking down uh, towns and cities in China, but yet they still let people travel to the United States uh, when this thing was first spreading around. I, I, nobody held accountable at all here? Any, um, any sign of that? As far as I can tell, the only big movement in that is the new Republican-led Congress has a new committee to study yes. the origins of yes. the pandemic. They're looking into exactly who was involved, um, but you know their power is limited because they're only one chamber of one branch of government, whereas the White House has no interest, as far as we can tell, in holding anyone in China accountable for any of this. And, and I'm really glad you brought up the fact that they let people travel and they didn't restrict movement when they knew, because um, to me, the did it come from a lab is a less interesting question than is China pandemic and and the answer to that question is absolutely yes because they knew that there was a, an infectious disease spreading and they let five million people leave Wuhan and they held the government held a banquet for 130,000 people in January 2020 um, mostly elderly people where they were touching sharing food um, and they knew that there was a virus spreading so there's clearly implications there 
there, and, and there's clearly someone, at very least the mayor of Wuhan, who should be held accountable here. I'm speaking with Francis Martel, a world editor at Breitbart. So, I saw the article you wrote. We're sticking with China here. Um, China basically telling everybody to calm down on the year anniversary of the invasion of Russia and Ukraine. Is China trying to be buddy-buddy with Ukraine here? Are they going to give them uh, weapons and arms? Do they have an interest in, in Russia succeeding here at all? What's going on? Well, this is interesting because China wants to play both sides. Um, obviously, China and Russia are very close allies. Um, Xi Jinping and, and Vladimir Putin have a very close relationship. But then there's the fact that Ukraine and China also have a close relationship. Zelensky has been trying to talk to Xi Jinping for the past year with little result, but that he still kept communication with Beijing. And uh, Ukraine is a Belt and Road country. The Belt and Road Initiative is this global plan where China um, gives these very predatory loans to poor countries, and then the loans are used to pay for infrastructure projects. They're paid to Chinese companies to build the projects, and then when the country defaults, they essentially lose their sovereignty to China. So Ukraine is part of that, and there's a clear interest on the Chinese part uh, to rebuild what is destroyed in the war. So they want to stay friendly with Ukraine so that Chinese contractors can go into Kiev and and rebuild high-rises, essentially. Um, So they're playing both sides. So, Francis, if I'm understanding this correctly, Correctly, trying to look at this big picture here, I see Russia, who does not like the United States, China, who does not like the United States, and Ukraine, who's never really been an ally to the United States, and we're paying for the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, this is what's frustrating to me about all of this is that um, as an American citizen, the national interests of my country are not really involved in any of this. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't take sort of a moral stance as an individual. I think, obviously, the invasion is is horrendous. The fact that Russia keeps trying to annex and chop off pieces of Ukraine is is abhorrent. And I think Zelensky is doing a great job uh, in his job being tasked as defending the interests of Ukraine. But the interests of Ukraine and the interests of the United States are not aligned. So it's, you know, the, the question is, what are our leaders doing? Because Zelensky is doing his job, which is defending Ukrainian interests. What is Biden doing? Because because I see Biden also defending Ukrainian interests, yeah. which do not really align with our interests. And and that's sort of my emphasis to a lot of conservatives that get frustrated with Zelensky is, you, Zelensky's not your president. Biden's your president. That's who you should be mad at. And, and how's it going? I mean, it seems like it's been a few weeks since I've even mentioned Russia in Ukraine. How How is it going for the Russians? What is there an, any sort of strong update on, on any clear path to an end to this? No. <laughs> I, I wish I had yeah. a better answer. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, there, there's the, the ongoing battle for Bakhmut, which looks, you know, pretty rough. It looks like the Russians have the slight upper hand. But this is a war that is now, in March, it's going to turn nine years old. And no one has really moved any goalposts in those nine years, other than last year when the Russians decided to launch a full-scale invasion. That was a major change. And even then, um, we still have in the Donbass region, in the east, which is where the war was waged for the other eight years of the war, um, nothing much has changed there. It's still a war zone. Civilians are still suffering, and no one's really pushing one way or the other. So I think this is just going to look like this until essentially Russia can't stand it anymore and either retreats or um, you know strengthens the 
the Donbass, uh, the, the local sort of resistance to Kiev and, and gets out of there slowly but gracefully. And, and I don't think Ukraine stands a chance of kicking them out of, of the east and certainly not Crimea. So it's, it's not like there's going to be a big Ukrainian victory either. One more thing before we let you go, Francis Martel, world editor at Breitbart. This article you wrote recently about how India is filling the whiskey void <laughs> in Russia. <laughs> whiskey is due to due to sanctions. Can you tell me more about this? This is this is pretty interesting. Yes, we're we're living in very strange times where the Russians are running out of alcohol and <laughs> because of sanctions. And you know, local alcohol is fine, but whiskey. About ninety one percent of Russia's whiskey is imported, and most of that is either from the West or from Japan, which is still technically at war with Russia. Um, so now they have to fill that void in the market. And India's largest whiskey company is it just cut a deal to start distributing uh, its whiskey in that in there. And and that's you know it's a fun story, but it's also indicative of how India is also playing both sides in this. I, I wish I had more time with you guys, but India's buying up all the cheap oil, and India's trying to fill every void in the Russian market to make Russia dependent on it. Well, they want to be India wants to be more of a world player, don't they? Exactly, and they think that they can have an edge if they start making the Russian market dependent on India, then they actually get the upper hand in that relationship. And and they could, you know, they could siphon away Russian Chinese influence in Russia, they could replace it, and they could have a strong ally. Um, and they have, you know, the Soviet weapons are a huge part of the Indian military. Um, so they it could really strengthen India as as a potential superpower if suddenly they just corner every space that the West has left open in the Russian market. Find her work at Breitbart.com. Uh, Francis Martel, thank you. Have a great weekend, and you're welcome back anytime. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me, and same to you. Right now, Kramer and Nigel present uh, Beer Sample Fry yeah! I got some beers. Let's drink them, huh? Beers on sale, people. Come down, get you some. Yes, the moment we've been waiting for all week. My name is Nigel Hammers over there, brought to you by our friends at Thompson Furniture and Mattress in Columbus, where I believe you'll be making a trip this weekend. I'll be down there tomorrow, looking around, getting some stuff. Tell uh, Spence I said hello, and uh, we will be down there as well, looking for a new bed for my son. Um... Point of personal privilege here real quick. Want to wish Mrs. Nige a very happy birthday. She uh, turns 23 years old tomorrow on March 4th. And uh, Listen, maybe you make a pit stop at Diamonds Direct, because anybody willing to put up with you for that long <laughs> is uh, deserving of something. Uh, also, real quick, last week uh, I wanted to mention this. Uh, we stayed at Great Wolf Lodge there in Mason, Ohio, next to Kings Island, and there was this terrific brewery uh, called Cartridge. Cartridge Brewery. It was, old, it was built in the 1900s. It was fully restored. Wonderful beers. Not the beer we're sampling today, but if you happen to take the kids to Great Wolf Lodge or Kings Island, go check out Cartridge Brew. Killer Detroit-style pizza. There's an adult oh, getaway is yes, what you're saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, here we go. I picked this one out because of the name, because of the because the sort of uh, clown show we've seen out of the Biden administration over the past couple of weeks. Look okay. at that. Well, hot damn, it's called Clown Shoes. Yeah, that's, a, <laughs> that's the name of the brewery out of Boston. It's called Clown Shoes. Clown Shoes Space Lake <laughs> Double IPA. So there's a lot of stuff going on here. Space Lake, there's been a lot of talk of aliens yeah, lately. Sure. And clown shoes. Well, you can always bring up a Pete Buttigieg story. <laughs> so let's crack, crack this open that's here. That's a nine percenter, by the Woo. way. Uh, 
pour a little into my cup there here. I'll go. pass it over to you. Cheers. Get me that other uh, one. Thank you, Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. All right. Going to try a little uh, 9% mm. Space Woo! Lake clown shoes Heavy here. on the hops, heavy on the citrus, baby. Space Cake Double IPA. Oh, man. This is the kind of beer you need yeah. for a day like today, where it's just been rainy Ooh. and windy, <laughs> and the pressure has been driving me nuts all day. This this really hits the spot right here. Do we have time for a, one of your quick mashups? You find a mashup? We yes. like mashups on this show. I love this one. This is the old classic hip-hop, Naughty by Nature's Hip Hop Parade, yes. with This Is How We Do It, oh. and Darth Vader's theme. I kind of like it. This is how we do. <laughs> yeah, baby. Let's go. 93 WIBC.